We just prayed, sang, prayed, open our eyes and open our ears. We want to hear, we want to see, we want to take in the words of our Lord Jesus. It's a powerful prayer when we think about it, and this morning we're going to have some opportunity to listen. We're going to have an extended reading of the Gospel of Matthew at the table here in a few moments, and I think it's a challenge for many of us to listen. This morning, we all come here seeking the same thing. No matter what our circumstances may be, some of us come here this morning full of hope and full of joy, and some of us come here beaten down by the trials of life, but we all come here seeking the same exact thing, a word, a word from God. And the the question for us this morning is, are we ready to receive that word from God? Whether it is through singing, through prayer, or through the opening of His word. It is a challenge for us to listen to God. And it's, it's really always been a challenge for the people of God. When you go back into the centuries and you look at the early church worship, uh, even beginning in the 4th century, the church would start their, their worship assemblies with a reading from Psalm 95. That was a very important psalm to the early church. And it's a psalm that's familiar to many of us because it includes songs that we sing. It's an invitation to worship. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving. Come, now is the time to worship. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God. He is our maker. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Two beautiful invitations to worship. But it's the last part of Psalm 95 that, well, I haven't heard a song with these words, but these were read in the early church. Hear these words from the end of Psalm 95. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, As on the day at Massah in the wilderness, when your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work, for forty years I loathed that generation and said, They are a people who go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Therefore I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. And the writer of Hebrews picks up on Psalm 95 as well. Well, that would be really something if we started off our worship assemblies every time with that reading. We had the invitation to to sing with joy in our hearts. We had the invitation to bow down. We also had the invitation to pay attention and to hear and to listen, which really feeds into the parable that we're going to study this morning. We're working through several parables of Jesus, these stories in a series called Stories with Intent, the Parables of Jesus, where Jesus, through story, invites the listeners in to to really capture their hearts and to explain in further ways and in greater ways what the kingdom of God is all about, this invisible realm, which we know is there, we know it is in existence, but how does it work? 
Well, the parables give us a window into this kingdom. And this morning, we're going to look at one of the most famous parables in all of scriptures that, that Jesus tells. The parable of the sower. Or more appropriately, the parable of the four soils. This is a parable that is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And essentially, Jesus is saying the same thing. There are a few subtle differences between the three tellings of this parable. But this morning, I would like for us to camp out in the Gospel of Luke. So if you would, turn to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 21 here in a moment. And I've included two small passages after the parable of the sower because there is great connection between those two passages and what Jesus is saying in this parable. And just as a a context, what happens just before Luke chapter 8 when Jesus tells this parable is the story that we worked through a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. The story of Jesus being invited to a Pharisee's house. And the Pharisees are looking upon a sinner, a woman with condescension. And Jesus uses that as an opportunity to tell the story, the parable of the two debtors. The one who is forgiven much loves much. The one who is forgiven little loves little. Well, I think we're going to see that played out in the parable of the sower. A parable of two debtors, maybe. A parable of two different types of hearers. Two different types of receiving the word of God. So hear the word of God from Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell on the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it. And some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. For the others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear 
But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for those in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside, desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. May God bless the reading of his word. Here's a question for you this morning. Can you recognize when someone is not listening to you? When you're in a conversation, if you're in tune, there's usually some obvious clues. We can tell when someone has drifted off away from the conversation and we have to make some adjustments. Maybe there's something in there about preaching, I don't know. One of the things we work on a lot in premarital counseling is what's called active listening. And as it turns out, this is a challenge for a lot of people. And I think, especially for men. And I don't want to bash men. I don't want to bash husbands. Uh, Men and women communicate differently. They're on different wavelengths. I think it's safe to say that. Uh, But I found some memes that hit a little too close to home for me. So, here are a few. Husbands are the best people to share your secrets with. They'll never tell anyone because they aren't even listening. (laughs) Here's another gem. If you can't say something nice, say it to your husband. He's not listening anyway. And this is one of my favorites. You might not be able to see this, so I'll read it to you. What the wife says... Go to the store, lay down some mulch, wash and wax the car, get the kids at school, rent some videos, and finish the rest of the dishes. And what the husband hears, go, lay down, and get some rest. (laughs) Well, anyone who's been in a relationship understands the challenges and the failures to communicate between husband and wife, male and female, It happens. I would say there are failures on both ends, uh, but I won't say any more about that. (laughs) So hearing, listening, it takes focus. It takes effort. Active listening is becoming more challenging in our day and age. There are distractions on top of distractions, and there's also our lack of prioritizing listening. So I think if there's anything of interest to us, we can tune in, we can still lock in without being distracted, we still have the capacity to listen if we put some effort into it, but for most of us, men and women, we struggle with the challenge of hearing, which is what the parable of the sower is all about. It is less about 
spreading the good news. It is less about evangelism as we typically interpret it and more about the challenge of hearing. And we know this because there are at least two major clues in this interpretation. The first clue comes in verse 10 of Luke chapter 8. It's a quotation, a quotation from Isaiah 6. And in in each of the tellings of the parable of the sower, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it works out this way. It's the same sequence. Jesus gives the parable. There's this quotation of Isaiah 6. And then Jesus explains the parable. And Luke is no different. And in this quotation, it comes right after the disciples ask, what is the meaning of this parable? And Jesus says, well, to, to you it's been given the secrets of the kingdom. To them, those who were not hearing, They're given parables so that, quoting Isaiah 6, seeing they may not see, hearing they may not understand. And this is not a random verse that Jesus is pulling out of a scroll. Isaiah 6 is a very important passage in Scripture. It's it's the story of Isaiah the prophet and his commissioning centuries before Jesus came. Isaiah is in Israel And he's prophesying to a group of people who are caught up in idolatry and and not taking care of the little ones. And Isaiah 6 is where God calls Isaiah through a, a vision. A vision of the heavenly throne room. A vision that is so awesome and awe inspiring that Isaiah has the reaction that all of us would have if we saw such things. Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. I mean, Isaiah recognizes that he is in the presence of a holy God and he thinks he's about to die. And then there's this beautiful image of an angel coming from the altar and carrying a coal from the altar. He touches Isaiah's lips and cleanses him. And then there's that voice, who am I going to send on this mission? And Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. Well, what is Isaiah being sent to? He's being sent to Israel to pronounce judgment and to call the people to repent but then within that very text in Isaiah 6 God describes the reception that Isaiah is going to receive seeing they will not see hearing the people will not be able to understand except for this little remnant this holy stump that we find at the end of Isaiah 6 There are some who hear. There are some who listen. I think Isaiah 6 is the interpretive key to the parable of the sower. But there are other clues. The other clue is found in the actual word here, which is sprinkled throughout the passage. And in Bible study, whenever we see a word that's repeated over and over again, that is a point of great emphasis that feeds into the interpretation of the passage. And if you are in the habit of underlining, you might want to underline the word here in these verses. So chapter 8 of Luke, verse 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18, and 21. There's a lot of hearing going on in the parable of the sower and the two passages that follow. And so, I think verse 18 is probably the best summation of the parable of the sower. It's outside of the parable of the sower. 
But here's how David Garland translates verse 18. He says, Watch how you hear. And you have different translations of that. Watch how you hear. Watch. The word literally means see with your eyes open. Pay attention. Take heed of. Watch how you hear. And when we read the Gospel of Luke, and really all the Gospels, but in the Gospel of Luke, we find Israel to be a land of many different voices, not unlike centuries before with Isaiah in his context. And during the time of Jesus, people were hearing all kinds of different voices, voices from their religious leaders who are, are talking about how our outward piety, inward, outward piety is our way to draw near to God. There are the traditions of men in history that, that decide who's in and who's out of the people of God. There are the voices of the larger culture, the Greco-Roman culture with all of their pagan gods, alternatives to the true and living God. We find a people who are pulled in a lot of different directions. There are a lot of different voices. It was a challenge for them to hear the voice of the one who is crying out to them. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. It's the same voice that calls to us today. It's the same voice that calls to us this morning. And the question is, can we hear that voice? Or even a better question, do we have the disposition of an active listener? Are we even trying to hear? Watching how we hear, that is becoming more and more of a, of a challenge here in Austin, Texas in 2019, our attention is divided. There is so much noise. We are surrounded by noise. Not just the, the audible noise, but the, the visual noise, the changing of screens, the movement everywhere. There's no time for sitting still. There's no time for silence. There's no time for listening in. We live in a city of a thousand different voices. We are distracted by the noise. We are distracted by the distractions that we ourselves put into place. Those memes about the relationship between a husband and wife can certainly be applied to our relationship with God. And they would be funny too if the consequences weren't so dire. So this morning, as we hear the parable of the sower, we hear the challenge to watch how we listen. Are we focused in on the voice of Jesus, or do we fall into the categories of shallow hearing, distracted listening, the seeds that fall on the path, on the rocks, and there among the thorns? What is getting in the way of our hearing this morning? You find yourself stuck in a rut. We hear the, the growth that we're supposed to have as believers, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We are to be growing in these things by the help of God, by the grace of God, and we're to be growing in our love for one another and our service to others, our looking out for the needs of others above ourselves. And as we examine ourselves, does that describe us? Are we growing? 
Or are we stuck in a rut? Well, if we're stuck, that may have to do with our hearing, our disposition toward God. Are we actively listening? My wife and my children can tell when I'm not listening. Despite trying to hide it with a yes, dear, or that's great, or uh uh-huh. Have you ever said that's great after your wife has just told you something terrible? There's no getting out of that one. You just have to say, hey, I, I wasn't listening. My children have approached me before when I'm writing an email or working on something or doing something that's not even work-related, and they're talking to me, and I'm answering them in vague answers, and inevitably they'll say, Dad, you're not listening. And it has nothing to do with their volume. And I look forward to the day when I can blame it on that. But it's my lack of attentiveness. It's, it's my lack of focus. I'm not watching how I'm hearing. We work on this in premarital counseling with active listening. We work on things like shut the computer down, put the phone in the other room, turn the ball game off, face the person talking to you, look them in the eye, affirm what they're saying. Repeat what you heard. And sometimes, and maybe most of the time, this takes effort. But active listening communicates something. It communicates, I value what you say, but even beyond that, it communicates, I value you as a person. You are important enough to me that I'm going to give you my attention. And what I hear in the parable of the sower in the passages that follow, the lighting of the lampstand and Jesus redefining family. Who are my mother and brothers? Jesus says, those who hear and do. Those are the people in the family of God, the hearers and doers. What I hear as a word for the church in 2019 here at Brentwood Oaks is a call to intentionally and actively listen to the voice of God. To take a look as a church at our disposition toward God. To remove the distractions of a thousand voices. To turn our focus and attention to the only voice that at the end of the day really, truly matters. What other voice is there? The voice of the one who cries out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In the Gospels, we have story after story of good soil and bad soil, those who are hearing, those who are not. We have the story of the religious leaders who seeing or not perceiving, hearing, they're not understanding. We have stories of people in the Gospels for whom Jesus invites to follow, and they say, well, let me take care of this, this, and this first, and then I'll come and follow you later on in life. And Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. What are you waiting for? There's no time like the present. We have the story of the rich young ruler 
who is invited by Jesus to follow, and the love of money chokes out the gospel, story after story of those who are these bad soils. But then we have the other version of this story. We have the good soils. People who hear the voice of God, they hear the voice of Jesus, and they turn their attention. They focus on His voice. And a lot of times, this is, these are the little ones who do this. The disciples who drop their nets and follow. The women mentioned at the beginning of this passage who were freed from evil spirits. They turn and they follow the voice. The woman who washed Jesus' feet and anointed His feet turned to follow Jesus. The man who was exercised of his demons there among the Gerasenes, Zacchaeus. The list goes on and on and on of people who watched how they heard and they actively listened and internalized that message. And once they internalized that message, it is through them that God did these amazing things. He bore fruit in the kingdom of God that others saw. And it's through their story, it's, it's through their witness that we are gathered here 2,000 years later on the other side of the world. It is through their story and their witness that we've come to the Lord Jesus and we gather doing the same thing they were doing. Itching, leaning in for a word from God. Focusing our attention on Him and His voice. Well, this morning, we may come here with some wax in our ears. We may come here maybe more appropriately with hearts that are hardened. And we have the invitation this morning to let the Word of God sink in and melt our hearts with that story. That story of the crucified risen Lord. The one in whose name we have new life. Eternal Life, it is there for the taking. And once we internalize that message, see what God does through us, bearing fruit in His kingdom to those who have the ears to hear. The invitation this morning is for anyone who needs the prayers of this church, who needs the church family to surround them. Maybe you have heard the word, you have come to belief and you're ready to put on Christ in baptism, to start that journey of surrendering to God, becoming more and more like His Son through God's grace and through God's Spirit. If you've already done this and you would like to join in with what God is doing here among us at Brentwood Oaks, we invite you to come now as we stand and as we sing.